1: That's BlueNile.com. Bluenile.com.
0: Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the films of 1999 from The La Trattoria here oh, in 2019. Amazing. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Liebart, And I'm Phil Escove. And today we're doing Mickey Blue Eyes and everyone's favorite movie. Phil and I don't have much to say about it. So it's a short podcast. Yeah.
2: <sighs> Guys, don't watch Mickey Blue Eyes right out of the gate. And anyone who's thought about it, or is thinking we should watch it in order to keep up with Kenny and Phil's you don't need to.
0: We don't do a lot of like how did this get made stuff. We don't do we a try lot of not like to do that. ripping things and like ripping shit down. Um that's not I don't know what's gonna happen. We don't come into this thing with a script. No. We maybe we will shit all over it and rip it down and say how did this get- But this movie This movie's just I, I, I will say for
2: me, what hit me hardest was like how I, I know i hate to even say it, but how did this get made we also don't have
0: guests yeah it's just we bad. would never subject anybody to this we
2: had no idea well yeah we just i Kenny had no idea I, that this was we texted was uh what 2 days ago and we were just like hey do you want let's just you know let's do one together what do you want to do and you made a suggestion and i was like what about making blue eyes and you're like great perfect that was a great suggestion yeah i know
0: you did because it has a it it, yeah. it, it has some um it had some lasting. It's got some gas. It's it got some gas. Yeah, yes, yeah. It, it 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 has a little place in our collective pop culture memory. I yeah. mean, Mickey Blue Eyes is just, you know not a bad title. It's not a bad title. Not a bad poster. Yeah. I mean, you get the it's a, you get the the movie immediately. Yeah, you grant and the mafia could be funny. Um, could be funny. Could be funny.
2: I, I mean, here's what what kind of and we texted a little bit about this, but um, it was something that I that I knew I wanted to unpack with you on Mike, but. So I'm watching it with uh, with my roommate Mel, and uh, you know both of us are just kind of beside ourselves as, as this movie is unfolding. Well, it's a, it's a real groan fest. Oh, it is. It, it really is. Yeah. Um, and then I turned to her and I was like, "Have you ever seen Married to the Mob?" And she's never seen Married to the Mob. Yeah, I've, I've never seen, seen it either. You haven't. Okay. No. You should watch it. Okay. Um, it's and I mean, some Blank Check's going to do Jonathan Demi in a couple months, so they're going to cover it. Uh, it's a legit good movie. Now, part of it is because of when it came out. Part of it is because Michelle Pfeiffer's a stone cold fucking amazing actress and is just fantastic. And Mercedes Rules amazing. Dean Stockwell, Matthew Modine—it's a stacked cast, and it it has danger in it. That's kind of the mm-hmm. thing. Like it's it's a comedy. It's a straight up comedy. It's got some dark. You know, it is a comedy. It's broad at times, but hardwired into it isn't is is sort of this feeling of these people are murderers. And there's a danger and an edge to that universe. And I don't necessarily feel as though that's the only way to do this. But like this, as you texted me, makes analyze this look like the fucking Godfather.
0: It does. Um, I love this point, by the way. Um, and specifically, it's about when it was made, right? So again, never seen Married to the Mob. But yeah. I've bemoaned a lot in the past how in the 80s, you'd have movies like Beverly Hills Cop or Fletch, um, movies that – are comedies, starring comedic actors, playing you know the the peak of their powers, but in both those movies, they are legitimately um dangerous. There's stakes to to what those characters are going through. The people get killed in yeah. both those There's movies. Yeah. In Fletch, you're worried about him dying at the yeah. end. He has to be. Cl- both of these characters have to be clever to solve it, and that's kind of why I liked Blue Streak, to be honest. Sure. Now, Blue Streak, like, kind of sucks too in its own way, yeah. but Blue Streak at least, like, you're you're Putting Martin Lawrence in a situation that felt kind of real around him. Um, And Bad Boys did this much better than that. You know, Bad Boys is kind of like that midway point where they let the two guys just go wild, but everything else kind of felt like, you know, real within the world, within the context of the world they were presenting.
2: I mean, I would even say that Analyze This has a little bit more danger to it than this movie does. It It is a movie grappling with death and mortality. There's no question that Analyze This is. Much better than I still don't like analyze this, but I know what you're saying.
0: I hate analyze this. <laughs> but it's much better than this. But I they 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 struggle yeah. from the same they struggle with the same issue to I me, agree. which is basically like I don't want to fucking find I don't find these murderers to be sympathetic in any way. Yeah. Um I don't, I never will. I didn't find Tony Soprano to be sympathetic in the way I think, you know, analyze this and Mickey is wants us to find James Caan and um Rob De Niro not respectably, flipped, flipped it over. Mm-hmm. Um, s- sympathetic. Uh, I think Tony Soprano is supposed to be repulsive. I think that's obviously what was happening there. I think once you once you accept that he's repulsive, you can start to unpack why he got here.
2: And how, humanity to him,
0: though. yeah. Well, how? Yeah, yeah. How, how his life relates to your life and what you would be like? Per- if you is, would, yeah. if you were born into this situation, but he's repulsive. Um, I would adorable mobsters hate with yeah. all my heart. Yeah, I mean, there's something.
2: Yeah, it, it's it. It definitely. I mean, listen, we're going to do The Sopranos at some point, guys. So be that as it may, the, the the character of Tony Soprano, the reason that that show is, you know, perhaps the best show that's ever been made. It's the best show that's ever been made. Is that he's so complicated, and you know, you I, the thing that always sort of hit me was like when he would when he cried when the birds left. Mm-hmm. Like there's just there is this this. You know, sad, empathetic human person buried deep, deep, deep within a monster. And I think that that's compelling and interesting, obviously, for a myriad of reasons. and i I guess the thing about this movie, truthfully, is it's trying to do something completely different. so we can't we can't really hold it up against good mob movies, but no. it, but holding it up against analyze this, which at least, understood its tone and understood like what it was going for. And I didn't particularly like that, but I knew a lot of people that did. I mean, the movie was, it was, a was a you know, huge box office success. Right? Yeah, And we've spoken to people yeah. who like that movie. There are a lot of people that like analyze yeah. this. Um, this movie, I think that the most damning thing I can say about it is how flat it is. There's no energy to it. There's no, like, it does not understand how like the, it just felt like the director didn't, Fully know how to
0: make this movie. It's a bad script, made much worse by the direction. Totally yeah. agree. And the, I thought the soundtrack was the worst soundtrack. The worst soundtrack we've. We, it was we, like a checklist of
2: of stereotypes. Of like, I it just had, I it um,
0: had like a va- it, it. Yeah, it was like um, it reminded me a little bit of like a, a Woody Allen soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie did remind me of
2: a bad Woody Allen,
0: a bad Woody Allen movie, which is a weird way to go anyway. <laughs> But uh, they had like this like, yeah, Woody Allen-ish soundtrack, but those soundtracks only kind of work in Woody Allen movies.
2: Well, especially since they tend to be- um,
0: Oh, they're jaunty.
2: They're jaunty. And, 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 and the, the the needle drops tend not to be really obvious. Like they still- Well, they're never contemporary. They're never contemporary. This is just, it's it's, it's like- when they t- moon it's, pe- it's when it's the crazy. moon hits your eye it's like crazy. a big pizza pie. So this feels like a good segue to what we threw to a little bit last week, which is how did we get here? How did the Italian stereotype get to this place? And I don't, I don't have an answer, which is why I wanted to sort of talk about it well, with I'm you. Sure I'm, I'll, I'll have an answer for you I, by the end of the segment. I have no doubt that you will. But like what was – okay. I guess the bigger question is what's the inception point? What's the movie or the performance that birthed this stereotype, for lack of a better way of putting it? I mean I was thinking it's got to be before The Godfather – I mean is it is it Scarface? Is it the original Scarface? Scarface
0: is, it, is well after The Godfather.
2: No, no, no. The original
0: Scarface. Oh, you're talking about like the, the 30s Agnes Scarface, yeah. Okay. I don't know. So these, these are two different questions for me. Okay. So you have a great rich history of good mafia movies yeah. or
2: right? just crime movies? I mean, I guess to a certain degree. Yeah.
0: yeah. W- would you would you like would you include those movies? I mean, I'm not talking about the you know, the mafia movies, specifically yeah. about the Italian mob. Would you include those in this? I think, like, what I'm getting, what I'm getting at is basically, like, let's, ba- let's more or less throw out everything before the 70s. Okay. Um, okay. none of those really have any resonance. In the 70s, there were Godfather, there were, there was Mean Streets, mm-hmm. um, it's the best I can do, and, um, Yeah, there were. I, I I mean, I guess basically, I'm, I'm doing a really bad job of explaining this. But in terms, yeah, okay, go ahead. I'm just, I'm looking up like all of the mob movies. Yeah, in terms of what, what, what I'm trying to get at, it's basically like in the '70s there were very serious mafia movies, right? I'm pretty sure when the Godfather came out, the mafia movie was out of fashion, Mm -hmm. and part of like kind of the revolutionary, um, the, the the revolutionary aspect of making that movie was Paramount thought that that a mafia movie would fail.
2: Right, because up until that point, they were not successful.
0: And they were mostly made by non-Italians anyway, right? So mm-hmm. an Italian director comes, cast mo- a mostly Italian cast. Yeah. Um The one who isn't Italian is James Caan. Um, <laughs> <Indeed. laughs> a mostly Italian cast. They come out. They They, they do a, a very serious mafia movie about Italy, about America, about – Immigration, immigration, and day, yeah. capitalism, and yeah. crime, and you know the way these things merge together, and you know mostly about family and family obligation, all that stuff. That it's also Shakespearean and, and epic, and it's, of course, yeah, yeah and it, you yeah. know goes over the course of four hours and hundreds of years, and mm-hmm. um, it's really you know obviously it's the Godfather. Everyone knows the Godfather. It's yeah. Godfather's template for all future mafia movies, good and ill. So then you take the Scorsese movies from there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have other movies like you know, Scarface and The Untouchables. De Palma did some stuff in that, and all that stuff. Still, kind of treating it all with a certain level of respect. Yeah, a certain level of you know the Italian mob is part of our heritage.
1: Huh.
0: Um, it's not a good part of our heritage. Sometimes the you know the the focus is on the Eliot of the world, the people trying to get them. Sometimes on the mafia, but very few of these movies glorified the mafia. And correct, I mean, other than the fact that they made a movie, which in and of itself is glorifying
2: it.
1: But I know maybe, what, you're, I know what but, you're saying.
0: But you know, I always think like. Uh, the people who like Goodfellas because they think the mob be, the mob is glorified are the world's dumbest, worst people. Um, cool. <laughs> you know that's how I feel, right? <laughs> I, I feel very strongly that like if you if you if you walk out of Goodfellas and you're like, man, it feels good to be a gangster. <laughs> leave, <laughs> leave my country, run away. You are going to be eating egg noodles and ketchup in Arizona. All is. right, if you're lucky. Um, Seriously. <laughs> like if you're lucky, yeah. you know after a fucking helicopter tries to kill you. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, live fast, young. Um. All right. So, so th- I th- but that's kind of what I'm getting at here, because like some people took all the wrong lessons from these mafia that's, movies. I think that's basically it. Which is, the which is yes, which everyone took all the wrong lessons from the mafia movie. Which is like Capone is a hero. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, Fucking machine gun Kelly's a hero. Mm-hmm. Meyer Lansky's a hero. These are the people we want to be. So then they like kind of co-opted that into, um, the mafia is like, a, like a good part of America. You know, crime it, is a good part then of America. And
2: it became, it became accessible is kind of the weird part. It became part of the, and, and that's it sort being of, scary. It stopped being scary.
0: And then the other part about it, that's kind of an important part, is like, uh, at least in New York, Mafia figures stopped being like these boogeymen mm-hmm. and started being almost like Trumpian figures. I'm not talking about Trump now. I'm talking about Trump in the 90s. Yeah. Where like you had Trump who was just like a character in the New York Post. Yeah. You had John Gotti who was just like a character in the New York yeah. Post and the Genovese crime family, was, they're just characters in the New York Post. They were weirdly accessible. Mm-hmm. John Gotti was like weirdly like kind of charming and like New York kind of rallied around him. They stopped being scary murderers and yeah. they started just being part of the city and part of the country. So at that point, I think like – um, I think America had kind of felt like there was no mob anymore, no real mob, no scary mob, no mob yeah. with any real footprint. Yeah. Any real influence on what's happening? I mean, you just make funny, silly movies about them because they're kind of lovable killers, right? Like in terms of killers, yeah. in terms of killers, like there's this point in Mickey Blue Eyes. That, I'm sorry, I just kind of monologuing, but there's this point in Mickey Blue Eyes where James Conn, or one of the mobsters, asks Hugh Grant, "You know, you're not from this country. What do you think about all the killings?" Mm-hmm. And at this point in the movie, Hugh Grant is aware that this family is in the mafia. And Hugh Grant says something to the effect of, well, you know, my understanding is you only kill people who deserve it. Um, I think that's where the country was at the time. I think the right. country was basically at, well, you know what? I, you know, I know a lot of Italian guys. They're nice guys. You yeah, know, so what if like, no, I, 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 what I'm trying to get is like, I think a white America was like, you know, so what if like my neighbor's, you know, uncle's cousin knows a guy who like, takes care of the neighborhood. And if, you know, there's some bad people taking advantage of some old ladies, they, they rub them out. Big deal. You know, we need some vigilantes around here. The cops don't do their job. The government doesn't do their job. Not so bad. I'm not going to run afoul of the Italian mafia. So it's not so bad. So. I think that was the viewpoint of the country, and I think that's why they had been kind of brought in by the white mainstream media, yeah. and turned, turned into like lovable heroes. It's, it's interesting
2: too, that, you know, when we did analyze this, we <clears throat> we kind of did a you know a little bit of a deep dive into comedies about the mob. There's not a ton of them. Um, there's a handful, but it, it's you know, it, there's not a lot there. And and it kind of taps into what you're talking about, which is there's something distasteful about it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that audiences sense that. I think that, you know, analyze this, hit a vein. It did really well. Sequel, not so much. It, it, it feels a little bit like, oh, we found something here, but it's not, there's not a deep pool.
0: So I just. It's cause the, it's cause the Sopranos did such a great job of re, um, like, like kind of re, refocusing our coordinates yeah. on what these people really do.
2: Yes, yes, yes. You know yes. what I mean? Like yeah. the
0: Sopranos took uh, the weird thing about the Sopranos was at the time it felt like analyze this stole the Sopranos thunder. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, "Oh, you already like you're already taking the piss out of this this concept that the Sopranos is taking seriously." But that's not what it was. The Sopranos was, "This is the truth. This is the way it is right now. Yeah. It is not cool. It is not fun. You do not want to be part of this." No. Nope. And then that's what—that's another thing that was so brave and bold about The Sopranos right up to the end. When people wanted to see Tony live and, and you know, I don't know, move to Florida with his family, never got what David Chase was doing.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's – and again, a testament to how brilliant that television show was that they were sort of – I mean, they weren't just deconstructing the mafia. They were deconstructing, you know, America almost. Yeah. You know, it was, it was very different sort of – but I mean, I, I think that this film just – it was I don't know it just it really hit me watching first of all a lot of Sopranos cast members in this film but like
0: half the cast of Sopranos This must have been so weird in the moment if you're a Sopranos yeah. fan to see all these other guys in this like very weird.
2: role but it's I think it's a testament to to the Sopranos but also to the fact that you know what we're talking about but the Sopranos kills this like kind of in its tracks we have not seen a mafia comedy since the Sopranos I think The Sopranos really recalibrated the way that we perceive the mob. But maybe I'm giving it I can't think of one mafia comedy That's, since this. So. So. Uh, here's a synopsis of Mickey Blue Eyes for the people that have not seen this. And based on the box office, there's a lot of you. Um, English art dealer Michael Felgate, played by Hugh Grant, is, a dumb, is dumbfounded to learn that his girlfriend, Gina Vitale, played by Janine Triplehorn, uh, cannot accept his marriage proposal because her entire family is involved with the Mafia. Undeterred and in love, Michael meets Gina's father, mob boss Frank, played by James Caan, who immediately takes a shine to the young suitor. But before he can give his blessing, Frank has plans for Michael that may or may not end in wedding bells. Mickey Blue Eyes opened on August 20th, 1999, in third place with $10.1 million behind The Sixth cents and Bowfinger. It would go on to make $54 million on a staggering $75 million budget. Just for context, The Matrix cost $63 million, guys. It is fucking insane that this movie cost $75 million. I I watched the entire thing gobsmacked, no idea.
0: Do you have any idea, Kenny, how they spent $75 million on this movie? No idea. Because it looks like shit. Looks like shit. Especially because they went went to their fifth or sixth choice on every fucking important role in this. (laughs) Like – yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you're casting James Caan, no offense to the Khan family, you've already gone through three or four or five guys above him. For sure. At De Niro least. probably being one of them. De Niro. I yeah. you, go, I mean, you go through De Niro. You go through Pacino. Yeah. Um, all right, two guys. Two <laughs> so guys. But yeah, you go through yeah. De Niro. You go through Pacino. You probably go through Robert Duvall. You probably go through yeah. – um I had another. I had a bunch of,
2: a bunch of people from
0: the Godfather. You go to, and, you go to Leota. Joe Pesci. You go to Pesci. You go, you <laughs> uh, go to Nicholson. You go to, <laughs> I don't know if you go to Farina, but you should have gone to Farina. You should have gone, gone to Farina because like, Farina would have been better in Farina this. Farina kind of, yeah, because yeah. after Cut Shorty, Farida is kind of a comedic yeah. mafia geiger. Um, Harvey Keitel, Yeah, Keitel's a great one. You could go to be, you, know, you, know, you know, the thing about Khan is he was so good in Elf, which I think is a few years after this. It is. It's like 2001, 2002. I love him in that role. I love him in like kind of tough guy well, businessman role. I kind, never buy him as a thing. mafia member. He, I, I, I buy Sonny Corleone, I guess, because the movie's perfect, but like. I don't, he's not a mobster in Thief, but he's
2: fucking great in Thief. He is a thief. I, I know, but like he's, he's a. Also cr- great he's, a gr- cr- cr- he's
0: also great in The Gambler. Like he's a yeah. great scummy like a, guy he's a scumbum as ben would he's, put it he's like a, he's, yeah he's a great scumbum <laughs> he's not really a scumbum he's a great he's, he's a great
2: thief he's, he's just he's a, he's he's you believe he's got street smarts you believe he's from the wrong side of the tracks yes like he, he's got all of he's that the brooklyn boy made good though
0: i like yeah. him i like him enough like i believe that he worked his way up a corporate ladder sure. through like you know street smart street smarts brooklyn bare knuckle fighting also, stuff
2: like, you know, we're we're talking about like I think Favreau showed up as a director in Elf. He pushed everybody well, in that it film to be awesome. It's a great movie, yeah. uh, and he he made everyone up their game. You just you sense that he knew what he wanted. Everyone got the joke in Elf. Mm-hmm. No one gets the joke in Mickey Blue Eyes, including the director. Mm. Khan just it's feels like he's sleepwalking such a bad through joke, it. Though. No, I know. I I'm not. I'm not saying it's a good joke. I'm saying that like it's not even executed well. This is this is a a a. C-minus joke that's executed at basically an F. I would agree with that completely. (laughs) Do you think
0: this could have been a good movie?
2: I, As I said, I think Married to the Mob is a great movie. I think that if this film, with a better script, but with a script that had a little more edge to it, with a director that sort of found a way to make it a little bit scarier. The other thing, too, if it was scarier... All of Hugh's stuff plays better. He's he's playing scared
0: against stuff that isn't scared. He's never would have done that ninety nine.
2: Um, well, I'm you, sure, but well, I'm, I know I'm you, you, you like, may have if done there it could an, be a good like movie. an
0: indie movie because it's such a this is such a low concept idea. Yeah, you could have you could have done it in an indie movie. It would have been you know what it would have been so much more fun if it wasn't the Italian mafia and if it wasn't New York. Sure, um, just. Marrying into any crime family would have been kind of fun and weird and okay. Like someone marrying into like –
2: the thing that came to mind was Animal Kingdom. You know what I mean? right. Something like that where it's like a crime family, bank robbers, whatever the case might be and there is a palpable sense of danger and you don't understand these guys. I mean even – and this is the much, much, much darker version of this but like there is the white supremacist version of this too you know what I mean? Where you've got where it's a hard movie to make. It is. <laughs> I'm not making it, I'm not that's, making light of it. I'm, I'm no, talking about I the idea of someone that's that 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 is brought into a family, you know, tangentially, and realizing that they're in over their head. I'm not saying anyone should do the white supremacist version it's, of this. Just to be clear, it's
0: just not a comedy. I mean, like marrying into the good the the Get Out family, right? Yes, 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 sure, yeah, um, something like that. But like, uh, you know, because you were thinking Animal Kingdom, which I think is cool. I was thinking like yeah. the Logan Lucky family, yeah. You know, kind of like, uh, southern, like, robbers, something like that. Just, there's also
2: heat, you know, which, which has sort of this very familial element to it Mm -hmm. as well, where, I mean, again, there's a, there is a comedy to be made of a person who falls in love with a person who is kissing up against the world of crime, which I think is funny and interesting. I'm sure that someone's done it. I can't think of it off the top of my head. The problem with this is it's the, the stereotypes and it's painting with the broadest fucking brush that's ever been. And it's just not – it doesn't work. But
0: – Yeah, they're do, just on the surface. They're not even going an inch deep, let alone it's like an inch. 100 feet. It's, it, it really – and I, I don't mean to keep
2: ev- evoking his name, but it does feel like a bad Woody Allen movie. You know, you could see Woody Allen directing this script. It had jokes in it that are very, very just easy jokes. And I mean, for instance, the one that kind of jumped out at me as I'm thinking about this was like – you even said it to me in your text to me. You were like, I don't – this this like the the scheme is such bullshit, like this idea of like the selling of the paintings through the i mean it's just not even clever it's exhausting and and there's there's so much mistaken identity that made no fucking sense to me like truly there's a there's a scene where he's doing that horrendous accent um
0: oh that's a, it's it's that's a, one of the worst scenes do you know what I'm talking history. about the restaurant yeah where I'm just like wait a second. He breaks it's into the fucking British accent next to that. Explain them. to me it's how insane. any of this is even it it is makes no fucking sense. It's completely illogical. The girl takes the picture. The, yeah. I, I honestly this is the worst movie we've done. I can't believe you're I can't believe you're standing for it over a story of <laughs> us. It this is like this is so but bad. I thought this movie would be I stand by story I of us. I thought this movie would story. be <laughs> just like I thought this movie would just be like, I hate this. The movie, I get it, of course. I thought it would just be there. I figured that this was like a Showtime movie. That everybody has seen this movie, caught bits and pieces, forget about it. Like, it's uh, the exact, like, the exact thing Donny Brasco did five years earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, teaching a guy to say, forget about it, forget about it. And like, no, it's, it's a D. It's so bad. It's like, I can't even believe they did. It was in a car, too. And it wasn't a spoof. It was like,
2: it was real. It was like James Conn was actually really trying, trying to get him to speak. And I so. truly,
0: I do. I love Hugh Grant. I the, so let's. I love first of all, let's Grant. just.
2: Uh, Mickey Blue Eyes has forty five percent on Rotten Sorry. Tomatoes and forty two percent from audiences. I think that's too high on both counts. I could see forty two percent of people liking it.
0: <laughs> I can't see a single critic liking it. And then you see, you, if you look at uh, Rotten Tomatoes, the yeah, the, the good critics. All, just all nice. big, big, fat, like green
2: splatter. <laughs> to surprise! Ebert Eber gave it two stars. I mean, I'm, I'm a little surprised. Two stars He's being
0: nice.
2: So he says, uh, well, all
0: you good. Give it, like no stars.
2: Me personally,
0: yeah. yeah. Half a star. Half a star sounds right. Yeah.
2: Um, all good stuff, but doesn't add up. Is this movie's Hugh Grant is this movie Hugh Grant's fault? I don't know. Not many actors can save themselves from wrong casting. On paper perhaps Grant looked right, but consider his success in Notting Hill. Even there, faced with the loss of the woman he loved, his instincts were not to scream but to apologize. I don't know what to make of that. But we'll we can unpack that in a second. Um some actors can convey charm and desperation in romantic farce. Matt Dillon comes to mind. God bless Roger Ebert. What? And, and some need to be a little more grounded in reality. After the bite and freshness of Analyze This, Mickey Blue Eyes plays like an afterthought. Okay. Two things. One, don't be throwing shade at Notting Hill. This idea that he apologizes I, 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 is not a
0: bad thing. No, it's a It's called choice. humility. Yeah. It's a great choice. It's, it's a, a great choice. It's, 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 so. a, it's perfect. I couldn't relate <laughs> to that more. Yes, no. Kenny and I are well acquainted with apologizing. Seriously. I'm the um, kind of person who apologizes when someone bumps into me. Yeah. I think I'm think i Canadian. A, most people. Yeah. I think that's the thing I'm learning about this world. Yeah. Most people apologize when someone bumps into them. Yep. Right? And you have to learn to scream and yell and stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Hugh Grant, I see so much of myself and people I know in that kind of character. Yeah. Notting Hill. He was lucky to be there and – Give me a yeah, break. It's crazy. It's let's crazy. talk about Mickey Blue Eyes. Forget about it. But let's, it. let's, um, so. <laughs> get
2: out of ye. Hugh Grant has had and is having a moment again, which I'm thrilled I just watched Paddington 2 yet again. Um, I still haven't seen the Paddington's guys. It's amazing. I, mean, I will get, it's I will. amazing. I hear he's fantastic. Should have been nominated. I, I, I've heard, and I kind of, I obviously wish that he was. Um, we're going to walk through Hugh Grant a little bit here because I think, I know we did this on, on Notting Hill, but no, I wanted to, I was thinking a lot about it, but last time. I, I do think that I think one of his best performances is about a boy. Okay. Um, and I, the reason I say that is because I think Hugh Grant is a, is an unbelievably watchable, charming guy. Love him, love him to death. And I, and I do love that in that film, he plays a guy Who's not so great? He's kind of a shithead, and he's kind of a loser, and a bit of a loser, and and all of those, and 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 that he, his arc in that movie, which sort of is romantic but not really, is really about a guy just becoming a man.
0: This is what I love about Hugh Grant. Yeah, what I love about Hugh Grant is he looks the way he looks. I put it in my notes for this. He looks the way he looks. He's incredibly handsome. Yeah. He's un- undeniably charming. He's British, which is like you know five points in and of itself and every character he plays is low status every character he plays is insecure it's all the unexpected choices that that um makes the audience at ease with a guy who looks like that and speaks like that and can really walk into any room uh easily he's like he should be to me the way he looks and talks and whatever like jonathan reese meyer's character in matchpoint right interesting Just effortless. Yeah, yeah. You know? And he never plays that kind of character. And that's why I love him so much. He's so affable.
2: He's so – But I think he's taking some swings right now, which is what I really appreciate. I like the fact that he's recognized that he's on the older side of things. So he – you know, he's a romantic lead for sure but just, you know, in older in aged up movies. Um, I love that he's in uh, The Undoing, the HBO um, thing that's coming out next year, uh, the Nicole Kidman, uh, David E. Kelly thing, um, which uh, I'm excited to see because it feels like he's playing kind of more broken people. Seeing him even in Cloud Atlas. He
0: always plays broken people. That's my point. Think about Think about Not Notting Hill. Tr- that's true. Remember his nickname was Floppy?
2: Oh, God. That was the other thing that I the the, the moment in in Mickey Blue Eyes when he's running and she's making fun of his run and it just made me think of the Whoopsie Daisies moment
0: in in Notting Hill which is just like a million times better. Um, I yes, but I I that that just, was a, that moment was okay for me because that was like pure Hugh, you know, like yeah. he doesn't back down. He makes some kind of comment. That's true. That's true. He's so charming. He is. So you want to go through some movies?
2: Yeah, let's – we can go through a a handful of these. I mean, basically – I mean, as we all know, he kind of comes into his own with Four Wings and a Funeral. That's kind of his first big movie um that's you know he does a bunch of he does a couple other things nine months he does sense, nine months he plays a loser he has a sensibility he does play a loser but he's great in mm-hmm. it uh i never saw extreme measures that doctor movie with gene hackman yeah, but, I didn't um nodding hill obviously mickey blue eyes both in 99 he's in a, a tv short called hooves of fire where he plays blitzen Don't know in 99 that. as well
0: probably a
1: Christmas um, thing.
2: Small-time w- crooks. He's really good in. I was just gonna say yeah. it's. It doesn't feel like it's. A, it's a. It's much of a surprise that he goes from Mickey Blue Eyes to an actual Woody Allen film. Yeah, and, and, and plays more of a sporting character yeah. with. We know his. Uh, with some balls, but he's great in Bridget Jones, where yeah, he, he plays is. the villain. Uh, which you get the impression that he's really enjoying the fuck out he of must it. Must be
0: the villain, I think. Um, no, wait till you see fucking Paddington. You'll love it. I can't wait. Paddington.
2: Too, um, but it. the the one-two punch of Bridget Jones' Diary into About a Boy is fucking great. He's. I think he's. And then I never saw Two Weeks Notice, but people
0: like it. Saw it so long ago. I don't – I remember thinking it doesn't work, but um, maybe it does. I don't know. Uh,
2: Love Actually, which people love.
0: I'm not one of them. uh, Okay. I'm sorry. Not only do I love it. (laughs) Oh, boy. I love his storyline in it. Love, 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 love. It's fine. He can make the prime minister a beta male. Really impressive. And he finds his balls in that too. He's so good in it. He's, He's so good in everything.
2: What are your thoughts on Love Actually, Ernie? Do you like that movie? Great, thank you, Ernie. Yeah, I just, whatever. I just—it's not my thing.
0: I'll just take the rest of
2: America. Yeah, everyone loves it. I'm not. Listen, Ernie and I can be alone <laughs> on our island without Love Actually. Uh, then there's Bridget Jones Too, which I never saw. Music and lyrics never saw. Did you hear the Morgans? He's in the he's in the wilderness for a while here um, until Paddington Two. Well, I guess maybe I, Florence Foster Jenkins, which I never I saw. I liked. The Man from U.N.C.L.E., that movie is a lot of fun. He's not in it much, but it's a fun movie. He's bizarre and great in Cloud Atlas, which is a movie that
0: – Yeah, is, but everyone is kind of bizarre and great in that. Yeah.
2: My point is, Man from U.N.C.L.E., he's quite good in it. Uh, and now we're in Paddington too, and people really liked a very English scandal, and I'm excited to see what the Undoing. doing. Either way, I think that Hugh has found his way through all of this, and he's got a really interesting career. He's a really charming guy, and Mickey Blue Eyes may be the nadir of his career. Mm-hmm um but you know i'm i'm i he's just he's just adorable he's just very watchable i don't know what to tell you anyway um so uh we're sort of okay we're a little uh, off tangent here. But the Matt Dillon thing I thought was strange. <laughs> I don't quite know why he's the, the sort of uh, charm and desperation of romantic farce. What was the quote again? Some actors can convey charm and desperation in a romantic farce. Matt Dillon comes to mind.
0: What movie do you think he's talking about? There's something about Mary? But he's not really even like the romantic lead in that. I don't know. I don't even know. <sighs> Sorry, what all right, I'm going I'm to look hey, it you up. You look at Matt yeah, Dillon. Keep, keep shitting on Ebert.
2: <laughs> um, so, uh, what are your thoughts on Gene Triplehorn? Terrible. In general, or in, in, this, in movie? this movie? Well, it, everyone's bad in this movie. But Just in, in general, general uh, in general, I like her. Fine. I think the thing that stands out like for her. me is Big Love.
0: She's yeah, really yeah. Good. In big she love. was fine in Big Love. Um, she was all it, like she was also kind of like movie starish at that point in her career. Yeah, like it, yeah, it yeah, did yeah, kind yeah. of feel like half a step below what she was capable of, and she was fine. and, and like. She wasn't at, too really, like, she just wasn't asked to carry too much of that show. No, it was, um, it was a big, big cast. But um, I, uh, I thought she, I think in general, she her never... movie performances are not good. And the first thing I thought was, like, why the fuck didn't she just cast Mercer Tomei and make this, like, a hundred times better? Yeah, no, no, I know. I, that would have been, yeah. Because so much of this movie's mechanics hinge on her. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it hinges on this idea that, like, they're so in love. The, the climax is you, you, Grant, literally saying I'm willing to die for her. Like I'd rather die for her. Kill me, kill me. Basically saying like I want death, it's death, crazy. death. And you never see a spark be- between them. You never see a reason why they're like they're good for each other. There's like no chemistry. But like they do no that character no favors. The only thing she does is like karate kicks with the kids at her school and you're supposed to find her like manic pixie dream girl or something. I, I don't understand the casting. I really wish it was Marissa Tomei. Um, I think it would have explained the whole movie to me in a different way. Well, yes to everything you're saying. Um,
2: I I also... So, Liz Hurley produced this movie. Well, because she was... They were, like,
0: together at the time.
2: No, I know. And you have to wonder, is this... How did... I don't know. Did he he do it because of her? You know? Is this the type of thing where she's like, I found this funny script and you'll be... hard to say, yeah. It's, you know? So I don't know. Um, But it... But back to your Gene Triplehorn thing, the thing that, that kind of... When I knew that this movie was was not destined to be good, was he proposes to her? She rejects his proposal, and then he just sort of like absent mindedly wanders around until he finds this restaurant, La La the La Trattoria. Yes, and then there's just a. It's you it's, know that means
0: the the yes, trattoria. Yes, okay. Yes.
2: Yes. Uh, do you sort of see what I'm getting at? Yes, here? I see the, what you're the, the, there, There's this weird, like, do you know? It, it's it's like. There's there's no momentum to this movie. There's no impetus to this movie. He goes there. Everyone knows that he was going to propose. I don't know why did she tell everyone that he was about to propose. I mean, I have. To, I why have is the father so like? There's no. There isn't one obstacle really in this entire
0: film. There's also no sense of of place within the the context of their lives in this relationship. You know that this is the same scene essentially, or the same setup essentially as um meet the parents. Yeah. And remember how he proposed in that? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, no, I don't actually so physically, he, but I knew he did. Just, she's a teacher at right, like an elementary right. school or a preschool or something. And the kids hold up. Yes, yes. You know, yes. will you marry me? And like she doesn't see or it gets fucked up or whatever. But you know, the point is it's the same setup, which is essentially like both these guys are kind of bums when it comes to proposing to their like, to to the teacher wives. But I know so much more about Stiller than I do about Hugh Grant. I know he prepared it with the school i know he's in enough with little kids that like they trust him and they're willing to do do this for him or whoever else is at that school um i know how much he cares about his girlfriend at the time um and i'm so down with him moving forward and finding you know and finding out why it's going to be a difficult proposal and why it's going to be a difficult engagement and who these people are that are difficult um obstacles moving forward because it is the exact same setup the movie I know nothing about Hugh Grant going into this movie. I know that he's like Hugh Granty.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? I know that yeah. he can make like charming jokes as he's conducting an auction. Right? Like I know that, but that, I know that about it. I know that about every Hugh Grant character going in. And I know that like he's vaguely interested in proposing in an interesting, unusual way with a fortune cookie. Um that was an awful scene. Oh my god, that whole scene was just I mean Is there anything worse than when Gene Dribble Horn says to the owner? I'm not about to take advice from a waitress. It's like, we're done yeah. with you. Yeah, you're you're By not. Way, your dad owns a restaurant. Yeah. You know more fucking waitresses than anybody. You're a terrible, I'm you're a terrible person. I'm done with you. You know?
2: <laughs> you're so, a terrible person. Really? <laughs> I know.
0: Screw up around waitresses. Um, waitresses.
2: So apparently during filming, James Caan nicknamed Hugh Grant Whippy after the Whippet, an English breed of dog that shivers a lot.
0: Hey, Whippy. Whippy, get over here, Whippy. Shake your tail, whoopee. Oh my God. Um,
2: I mean, I, I, guess, I guess my,
0: my, I have no idea what movie, um, Ebert was talking about with, with Dylan. None. <laughs> yeah. He, I, he, I, has drug he, show e- I I don't mean, know. like, yeah, like, like, to die for, no. no, beautiful girls, no, I mean, singles, no, like, the, he's never actually, like, really played a fucking romantic lead in a comedy.
2: This, this review – Wild right. things? This,
0: what are you talking about? Ebert's review of this entire Raj, film was just very strange. All right. Keep, let's keep going. Oh, uh, maybe the Flamenco Kid. That's probably what he was thinking of. Maybe. That's a long time ago. It was f- 15 years before this. Yeah, um, I'm sure that's what he was thinking so, of.
2: Unfortunately, I, this film was directed by a Canadian and it pains me to say that. Um, now, this, this Canadian director has done a bunch of kids in the hall.
0: Most, most Canadians we've, we've covered so far have done a better job. Uh, Yeah, I would say all of them. All of them. (laughs) Um, So Almost by default.
2: uh, So I will say the kids in the hall.
1: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
2: The fact that he directed Kids in the Hall, first of all, obviously explains why Scott Thompson's in this movie, but, but it also just feels like. Scott Thompson's kind of funny. Scott Thompson is very funny.
0: In the movie, I mean.
2: Yeah. He's got a great fake beard at mm. one point. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it looks like it had no money, like a Kids in the Hall sketch. Mm-hmm. And yet they had $75 million. Impossible. Um. So I I don't know really what to make of that, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to just like drag this director over the coals but it did just feel like he thought I'll just point the camera at these people and they'll see the lines and it'll all work out and unfortunately like th- you got to have a blistering script in order for that to be true and he just didn't so it's disappointing um you want to talk about the plot of making f- figure out how much money
0: uh, Hugh Grant made for this movie i mean he's probably close to 10 right um it looks like he made I mean, according to the site Movie Info, who could refute that? I think he made I think he made twelve point five million. Good for him. Man. So you know, twelve point five million—that's where a lot of it went, I guess. James Kai s- made you know one hundred twenty-five thousand. S- <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Lord made scale, um, and then there was the Polly Walnuts. You know, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Polly Walnuts was making a tub for his one scene. I think it all went to Polly Walnuts, but. Paulie Walnuts. Among a million guys. Like Artie Bucco was in it. Paulie yeah. Walnuts was in it. Um Joey uh what Yeah. what's the guy's name? Joe. I don't remember his last he, name. Are you talking about the, the 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 gay guy? The one who yeah, in later yeah. seasons became yeah. well, I guess he always was gay. Yeah. Um he was in it and he wasn't even playing a mobster. No, he was just he was like he was just playing a door guy. You know, he was a doorman. <laughs> doorman doorman. There's so wait, there are more of them. There's so many There's of so them. There's so many of them. Half Artie, Artie Buco's in- Oh, fucking uh Ada Turturro, yeah, yeah, was a yeah, waitress she's in it. Was a
2: waitress, it. yeah.
0: Um, who else? Like
2: tons. Like Artie Bucco is in. It was sec- like twelve cast members of The Sopranos in this movie, if I'm not mistaken. Or, I think that's what IMDb says. Artie
0: Bucco is in his second 1999. Yeah, movie. He, was in he was in Jesus', Jesus, Jesus son. son. He was great, yeah. and uh, and he He's plays really good in that scene. Plays in. A painter here? I mean, this is like the stupidest plot. He also gets murdered. Is he painting? Is it his, he's the painting? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know
2: they were his paintings.
0: Yeah, his paintings. He had a budding art career when he got killed. That's why it was national news. His painting just went for $150,000 at auctions at, a, what, what's the place called? Wadworth's? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's, what's it called? Wedge- Wagstones.
2: Wagstones. I, I I will say the painting thing reminded me of, um, you've seen Bullets for Broadway, right? Yes. The Chaz Palmentary stuff. Yeah. He's like the playwright and he turns out to be this brilliant playwright, <laughs> yeah. which is great. Um, th-
0: well, that's th- kind of what I felt about those paintings. The paintings
2: like, kind of worked for me. I'm not going to lie. The paintings were an easy joke, but they kind of made me laugh.
0: Well, I mean like you could have done more with that.
2: You know? Yeah.
0: You could have done a lot more with that. Like, oh, no, I agree. The, the, I think like the obvious joke, but it's also the true thing about art is like, no one knows what's good, and it's not even like "quote unquote" knowing what's good. It really is just whatever you like, you know. Like, I love in the world Tenenbaums that painting of like the the five or six guys on the motorcycles with the masks and tearing apart another guy. I would love that's yeah. the other one. Yeah, good. yeah but I, <laughs> both of them I love. Great, yeah. Those would be great paintings yeah. to have in your house, right? I, I totally don't know if they're with you. good. I, all I know is that they're, and I think these paintings are. Fucking funny! I mean, I would, I would
2: go, I will go one step farther, and I'm, I'm sure this is what you're alluding to, but it's like any art
0: is subjective, right? People could have bid on this, is what I'm getting at, Uh, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) If you, if this was at an auction house, and the starting view was fifty thousand, people would be like,
2: huh, I should get my hand on one of those, right? I would also go as far as to say that people want like art from strange sources, if you will. You know what I mean? Like, I, if, if you Cromwell's. Really, that's what it was. Yeah, Cromwell. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, if you could buy paintings from from incarcerated people or whatever the case may be, like, I'm I'm sure that I'm sure you could have done more with this storyline. And instead, they just kind of just pissed it away.
0: What is America did a big thing on this? Did you see that Sasha Baron Cohen show? I fast forwarded through most. Of yeah, it. he like he, he went to some art dealer and he said he was from prison and I think he like it, all his art, he used his own shit. His or own something shit, on? and she yeah. bought up for a large amount. And thought he'd be like brilliant. Or like his own pubes. I mean, it was just like disgusting. But I think that's, there,
2: there's that, a John that's Waters real. movie similar to this, right? Wow, well, you thinking Pecker? Is that it? Oh, uh, I don't Isn't know. That crazy. I don't know. I think there's a John Waters film that does. I mean, this screams John Waters. Yeah. <laughs> not, not in a not in a derogatory sense, but um, yeah, I, it's just. <laughs> I, I think that the reason that you and I hate this as much as we do is that uh, there's potential here. To, to have done something interesting with this. Sure. Uh, as is the case with most of the movies that, that you know, we get frustrated with or feel like missed opportunities. You know, one of the big ones that I feel like uh, I've been thinking about a lot more lately. I, I couldn't tell you why, but it just keeps coming into the trance of my mind is Wild Wild West. Okay, um, And just, um, I think it's just because I keep seeing the Men in Black posters for the new one all over the place. And just thinking about like... Like, there really could have been something great there. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've covered a couple of them. Like, Chill Factor was another one where it's like, there's a concept here. Oh, like, yeah. That Chill Factor could have been awesome. <laughs> like, you, how did you fuck this up? Yeah. Um, we took it too seriously. It could have been so much oh fun. Oh, my God. It could have been a blast. Yeah. Uh, so this movie could have been a lot more fun if they just if they just honestly. It also didn't seem like a fun movie to make. Do you know how sometimes when you're watching a film and you're like, it wasn't. And you're just like, oh, De Niro and Billy Crystal must have had a fucking blast. They were just having a good time hanging yeah. out. Like you just you feel it on. Well, the Colin's calling them whippy all
0: day long. I mean, I'm sure everyone wanted to go home. <laughs> it's, it's true. Yeah, I don't it's want true. Some derogatory. No one, nicknames. No one fucking wants that, yeah. fucking nicknames. Have you seen my wife? I'm with Liz Hurley. All right, like easy there. Con. <laughs> I mean, yeah,
2: I, that that marriage didn't seem destined to uh, to last. Uh, them, obviously,
0: you grant the only person who could have ever weathered that um, scandal. Yeah, that scandal. I is, mean, today it's no scandal, but like twenty years ago, it was the biggest thing in the world. It's what, what
2: I find the only thing that's not true. One of the things I hate about that scandal is that it gave us Jay Leno. It did. Because had he not gone on there and talked about it, we wouldn't – Jay Leno would have continued to have sort of been under Letterman's foot. But –
0: It's hard to say. It's hard to say because that – because there would have been something because else. Because that presupposes yes. that um, people didn't like Leno. Like people went for the Hugh Grant, but There's if People didn't know Leno. If he sucked – which he, he does. Don't get me wrong. He sucks. I want that clear. I want that out there. But if he sucked, according to America, they would have gone right back to, to Letterman. <laughs> you know, He
2: sucks so bad that he, that he, he sucked them in he is what
0: you're saying. He, he, he saw, yeah, he sucked them in. He, he, he went from blow to suck. <laughs> he, he obviously has something that people in America like that I don't Wolf. understand. Yeah, I guess. I think you just said The Tonight Show is what I think. And then the
2: people no, were, that, that that undermines your point it, it it doesn't it doesn't I think that I think that that scandal got a bunch of people to give him a shot and, and then like, they were like, yeah the
0: tonight show sure I like the tonight show uh, I don't know about that I think uh, I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong I think people are I think I think it actually is kind of like some weird pre-American Idol like let's watch people not be that nice to each other' shit because he's well, he, be he's my least favorite fucking interviewer ever He's a terrible interviewer. He's, he makes fun of everybody who sits on that couch. Yeah. He makes it – like he's, he, he would be the worst person to have at your party, like always taking these little pot shots of people at his couch. Whereas Letterman … Was an interviewer. is an interviewer. He's a great interviewer great and interview. every joke he made was like in service of the, the moment yes. and he was generous. Yes. and He always tried to make the other person look as good as possible. Same with Conan who like, yes. like will throw himself Same on the Colbert. sword. Same with the, all these guys. Yeah. Most of these people are good now. Uh, yeah, I, I
2: think I think Colbert is the best interviewer. Right Colbert's now. the smartest guy in America. He's I I
0: I I don't hate Jimmy Fallon, but he's not a good interviewer. He's, no, no, he, I,
2: he's a sycophant. He Fallon's just, not my guy. Yeah, I agree with. you.
0: So he he's a million you. times better than Leno. But sure, like, yeah. Fallon again is like mostly willing to make himself look stupid, and like yeah, really, which, which which is fine. fine. I mean, yeah. Leno wasn't really willing to do that. No, Leno never took the piss out yeah. of himself. Have Leno's you? biggest fucking <laughs> Leno's biggest um. Recurring, recurring, uh, bit was making fun of dummies on the street. Yeah. Talk about punching down. Yeah.
3: Just like putting fun a of
0: dummies on the street. <laughs> At least. Hey guys, what do you think Kenny thinks about uh, Jalen? Well, Kimmel, I love. So the thing about Kimmel's biggest bit, which I love, yeah. is his lie witness news thing. Yes. And that's making fun of liars on the street. <laughs> so like, I don't mind making fun
2: of liars. I also think it's funny that you, cause this, this is the difference between, Kimmel loves Letterman. Like, there's no question that that was like they his, all love Letterman, that was his guy. Yeah.
0: I don't know about Falco. And, but the and other Letterman
2: loves. loves Joe Blow. Loves the person out there. Wants to talk, totally. talk to just, cause like, that's, who doesn't love just like normal people being weird or funny know, gets strength, a real kick out of it He like gets a real fucking kick out of it, yeah. and you get that impression from Kimmel as well where totally. so it's yeah, whereas Leno is just like, I'm better than you, I make more
0: money, and I have a lot of much fucking vintage cars and shit well i think I think letterman i this this might be a little kind of weird thing this might be problematic in its own way, but I think Letterman and Kimmel both are very proud of the fact that they're like. You know, not Paul Schaefer. You remember Biff the Sound? Yes, I love Biff. Yeah, it was great. Biff Henderson. Biff Henderson, exactly. And then you know, Leno has Guillermo. Yeah, and, and maybe, the guys, the guys in the the thing next door what were the, uh, uh, the Rupert Mujibar
2: Rupert and uh, Jewel. Remember the guys? Are that you were? talking about Letterman? Letterman's? The guys next G's door? Hello Deli. Yeah, but they, they, there was also a, a, a like a gift shop next door that he also. Yeah, uh, same difference.
0: We're talking yeah. about the same stuff. Yeah. No, I think they I think they like having like this sense of community. Yes. I can't name yes. any like. Average regular guys that Leno brought in, he was just Kevin Eubanks, yeah. which everyone obviously has a band leader, and that's there's nothing sure. to that. Yeah, I mean, there's also there's a
2: little bit of the like Burbank of it all too. Like I, I think which about, could have been charming, which could have been charming. I mean, look at what Kimmel has done with you know with Hollywood. Hollywood. So it's like,
0: but anyway. there's something I like about the whole like live from Burbank
2: thing. Yeah, yeah. it's
0: very TV. It's like yeah. I always loved in the game shows when live from Television City. Yeah. Or Studio City. Yeah, it's great. Maybe – when I was growing up in New York, it made me want to be there. There's a whole city called Studio City. <laughs> oh, much. my god. Television City? We should talk about this shitty movie. Yeah, um, it's a great conversation. This was a
2: great conversation. But this is what – I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. Hugh Grant – Hugh Grant birthed you, a little bit of Jay Leno. And, 100%. And I think that that's a bummer. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't know. Who god. doesn't love Hugh Grant? Who doesn't want Hugh Grant to succeed? That's kind of the thing where jerks. it's like – Jerks. 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 I mean, I don't understand the, the – the, the, what transpired in that whole scandal? There's something obviously odd going on there, or their relationship was obviously on the rocks. Who the hell knows, but um here's what it is what the plot of uh Mickey blue eyes um it's it starts with him fucking doing like an auctioneering, and it's just him being Hugh Grant and talking about like there's a painting of a woman with a big butt and he says it with a British accent, so does his funny. best does his does best his best with the material given. Um, he, he, so now we have our, uh, basically we talked about the bit where he's running and and she makes fun of him. We're at the Chinese food restaurant, the Chinese restaurant. Uh, it's terrible. It's also, I mean, you, you know, your stereotypes are going to be bad right out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, you got, he wants to propose to, to, uh, to Gina, um, with a fortune cookie. They fuck it up. The waitstaff fucks it like, up. Somebody it. else opens it. The she, only other people there—they couldn't even like, afford extras. I mean, like, it's crazy. And then the girl's really excited that the guy's proposed, but and there's then, no joke there. There's well, the like weird the joke, part of it is, like, yeah, there is no joke, there's but no the, there's, there's no payoff. There's no exactly what you'd expect. But it's also like, so Janine bails and runs and says, "No, I can't." And then we're left with this couple, and the guy like says, "That wasn't for me." Why is she crying? And because. He didn't propose or he did – I don't really understand what the dynamics of this other couple are supposed to Who
0: be. Who exactly. cares? Well, no, well, I know. But, but it's you could like, have had fun with it. That's my point. Yeah, you could have had fun with it. But I basically, if you haven't watched this movie, yep. imagine two couples at a Chinese restaurant. One couple sneaks in a fortune cookie like back in the kitchen, sneaks in a fortune into a fortune cookie for his girlfriend. You know exactly what is going to happen at this point, point, 100 percent. And that's what happens. Nothing else happens. Word gets back to Janine Triplorn that the marriage proposal was actually for her. And Janine Triplorn says, I can't do it. Not even sure why. She just leaves. So now we have what begins
2: the confusion I have with this movie, which is Michael takes the rejection, goes home. But then he's like, no. Michael Blue Eyes. Michael Blue Eyes turns around, goes to the the Trattoria. Mm -hmm. And everyone there knows – that he has proposed or was going to propose. Everyone seems to understand the dynamics of their relationship. Why we don't know. They had only been together three months, I think. Right, which is bizarre. Which is a whole other thing. So he walks into this restaurant filled with. And I'm not making. I'm not passing
0: judgment, by the way. No, no,
2: you can, get, you can get, get engaged. Get engaged three whenever months.
0: you want sure. to get engaged. Yeah. But this was not the relationship. People who have this is not like meant to be a three month, you know, whirlwind proposal yeah. type thing. This was this was more of a like the the feeling you get between these two characters is like. Should have got off the pot.
2: Well, and also a little bit of like – I understand that the the funny run thing is supposed to f- make us find them charming. This We're literally talking about selling us on a relationship through a couplet. I mean it's like four lines of dialogue yeah. where I'm all of a sudden supposed to be like, oh, these two are so fucking adorable. I want them together forever?
0: They – what? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to get at. The, yeah. what, the vibe they were trying to sell us was th- this is a lived-in relationship, which it's not even no. remotely close to it. Well, it can't be because of the time, and, and they don't know and think about each other. And it's just it, it was it lives in a very weird nether world of relationships. Um, You've also got this assistant that
2: Michael has remember he has yeah, an assistant she doesn't do shit. She has, well but there, there's a very strange energy she gives off she's an expo machine obviously when they're walking and that's also supposed to lay some piping about their relationship but doesn't do a particularly good job of it either uh, it's just very strange we get to this restaurant uh michael meets uh vinnie is that his name frank frank sorry sorry there is a Vinny in here i think this but um uncle Vinny. <laughs> uh and and you know frank's Loves this guy. For no reason. Doesn't know him. Never met him before. Is immediately ready to give his hand in marriage. His daughter's hand in marriage. Like, he's just ready. We don't know why. Like, this, part of this is just... I mean, it's it's fucking screenwriting one hundred and one. But like, you you have to. No obstacles. There's no obstacles. Everything's just way too easy. There's no conflict. Um, there is a great moment when he walks by a guy who's stuck in the walk-in fridge.
0: Yeah, which that I enjoyed. Yeah, that is funny. <laughs> it's a good moment. Yeah. I know. I I remember thinking that too. It's like I always bring What's up. The, I always think of that moment in Friday Night Lights. I think it's like season four when Saracen is like the artist at that point. Yes. And like he goes and he works under the the sculptor and he draws that giant mural thing and the sculptor rips it up and gives him the hand and he goes, uh, this is the only part that doesn't make me want to throw up. Make the whole <laughs> thing this. Right? Yeah. So it's basically to me, it's like make That's the whole this thing this scene <laughs> yeah. where he yeah. just walks randomly into the into the you know, <laughs> the, 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 yeah, the walk-in, walk-in freezer, and there's a guy standing there among the meats. <laughs> and he says, What are you doing here? <laughs> It, was like, th- "That's good." Are you okay? He's like, "I'm, I'm fine." I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one. That that's the reason this movie doesn't have a zero for me. so it's. I think there's one other thing
2: that made me laugh. Maybe two. I but, think
0: there was one other that made me. But laugh.
2: this that the walk-in fridge scene was just like, guys, you have
0: something here. You don't know it, obviously. Yeah, you have something here. That was like an analyze this joke. That's like that. That was the yeah. level that analyze this yes. was mostly playing yes. at. For sure. And like, yeah, that thing about Analyze, this is like, it actually does kind of hit those jokes. Yes. Um, it still sucks. Yes. But I can see why (laughs) someone would like it because it hits the jokes. This movie doesn't even even hit the jokes. So, except for this one. Uh, now you have, I think, maybe
2: arguably the weirdest scene in the movie. And again, this is, I don't, I don't mean to keep kicking a dead horse, guys, but like, uh, Tone is fucking everything. And the scene where Gina's trying to explain her family to him, the walk and talk they have, he goes to her house. She's living in her parents' fucking – she's still living at her parents' house or whatever or something like that. And they're walking on the street and she's explaining her family's connection to the mob. And again, this might be a casting thing too. I don't mean to, to shit on Janine Triplehorn. but. She's delivering all of this in a very matter of fact, strange way that doesn't make it seem funny nor scary. It's just sort or of a, barfing or up. Or sympathetic. Or sympathetic. Exactly. This is the girl, you don't
0: like her. No, because she's so angry about everything. Yeah. I don't know why. She's like,
2: she's literally angry at him for loving her. That's right. So. And there uh,
0: might be something to that.
2: But. But that's not what this movie is about. We never get about. <laughs> yes. Uh, so all that being said, um, they get engaged. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a fucking engagement party. Like, it's almost a fucking match cut. Like, this it's movie's not, terrible. This movie
0: is no, really, like, cause you think about it, cause you think about it, like, uh, in contrast to Meet the Parents, right? Terry Polo is immediately on Ben Stiller's side. She doesn't need anybody to, you know, bless the marriage. Yeah. She accepts the proposal. They go there. They are an engaged couple. Mm-hmm. And you know that he has an ally walking in. And, and if he loses her, yeah. then he's really fucked. I don't even know what's going on with Mickey. Michael, Mickey, Michael, blue eyes, Mickey, Eyes. I don't know where he stands. I don't know why he would love this person. I don't know why she would love him. I don't know why James Conn is just ready to use him immediately. Like I, I mean he has maybe he had a sense that he you could launder money through him I, but that this is the thing you
2: don't even get the impression that there's any business acumen like that anyone is like clever or like trying. like if if I was given the impression like Frank's a smart fucking guy he's always looking for a con he's always looking for a thing right. and he sees this guy as a good mark,
0: okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, not, that's a I pretty good movie. That. That's a pretty good movie. Yeah, you just nailed it. It's actually a great movie. <laughs> you just is, but, like, but Frank is always kind of on Mickey's side. This is what I, this is what I don't get and He's not even like in a, in a Al Pacino and Donnie Brasco kind of way yeah. where he, where he's part of like the out crew. Yeah. He's part of the in crew. It doesn't make any fucking sense. And I don't even, like, oh, and, and, and he doesn't play. I mean, I mean, uh, Mickey is, Michael is British to everybody in, janine 's family's mob so they like fake this scene with big pussy another soprano guy um just so he can do the fake italian accent yeah which they probably should have figured out if he can do anything remotely um intelligible <laughs> before they did that scene it's it's not it's 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 not that it's unfunny. it 's unfunny it's yeah. like it's it's uncomfortable I hated watching it
2: yeah like it wasn't' well, it's even, a lot of the movie it's kind of it's it's just it's like go It's, it's really And again, I, I you know, Kenny mentioned this at the beginning, and, and I think it's worth mentioning again that, you know, we don't relish sitting here kicking the shit out of a movie. Like this isn't this isn't our you know what I mean? Like, no, we love, I, we, 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 love, love, love we love the opposite. We love the opposite. We love finding a movie we didn't know was brilliant yes. or thinking a movie we didn't think was great and turns it like this to us, it, it sucks because it just feels like you it wasn't like this was a little bit of a layup. Like this isn't a hard concept to to execute, and we're just sort of sitting here being like, "But why? Why did it? Why did it have to go like this?"
0: I'm perfectly fine with a perfectly fine movie. Sure. And this is this seemed to me like this is a studio movie. It, like it was a, it was a failure because the bu- the budget was so out of whack, but like it still made fifty million dollars. I know people still talk about it to some extent. You know, if I say Mickey Blue Eyes to my yeah. parents, they know exactly what I mean. Yeah. How bad could this like, movie if this be? this movie
2: was made for $20 million, which is what it should have been made for, which is what, by the way, it looks like it was made for. Maybe. And you've got a $30 million profit and it's a movie that parents just go like, yeah, I saw it on a plane or right. I watched it in a fucking hotel room or something like that. I would get it. But I don't understand how we got where we are. But we are. So Michael sort of is unwittingly involved in a money laundering scam. Um The FBI takes interest in him. Scott Thompson's an FBI director, FBI guy, agent. Um the the bidding mix up that they have is kind of funny. With well, the, there's, an old, there's lady an old lady who
0: doesn't want to take advantage of. I don't really understand what's going on there either. I just don't understand what we're doing. I really don't. <laughs> um, okay, so then the money. I, mean, I know why they did the mix up, but just to get Artie right. Bucco over to the house. Right. And okay. So
2: Artie Bucca comes to the house, Johnny comes to the house, there's a the mix up at the at the auction house, he's pissed off. He like tries essentially to essentially
0: what happened was they're trying to launder the money by having like Patsies yeah. buy paintings with mob money that goes back to the mob, right? So the money goes through the auction house and it's clean. Blah blah blah. Another woman, an old dummy woman. Is also betting on one of these paintings of like Jesus murdering people. Old oh, oh, dummy woman, and old like like just the oldest woman who's ever been on screen, like <laughs> older than rapping grannies. Um, like she's she is she's old too, too old her. to rap. Uh, <laughs> she is also betting on this painting, and like they make the point in it, they make the point in the scene, which is just let her have it, <laughs> like take the hundred thousand free and clear. And move on with your lives. <laughs> right? So everyone, they just let her have the painting. Like the guy, the Patsy's like, let her have it. And oh. finally, like, you know, the, the guy from Jelly from fucking Analyze This, because they really are only like 16 mafia actors. So Jelly from Analyze This is like the guy making the Patsy do it. He's like, I got my orders. I can't, I can't let you do it. And then finally some guys like, let him do it. He's like, he's like, okay, we'll let her have it. And then, and everyone wants her to let her have it. And, And like, of course, you grant of all people should like be the number one guy to let her have it because then he's not doing anything illegal. But he doesn't want to fuck over this old woman. And by the way, she wants the fucking painting, Hugh. Uh, Like, what the fuck do you because for resale value, who the fuck cares? She's going to die soon, and she'll have like legitimately a good painting. Like a painting that I want. By the way, the painting that like they sold of like the woman with the big butt, that's supposed to be like a fine art. Come on. Like that's what you're selling. I'd rather have Jesus with the machine gun. Jesus with the machine gun
2: (laughs) was the best part of this movie. In fact,
0: I bet we could get that painting. I'm getting it.
2: Uh, so basically there's a fuck up and because of the fuck up, Johnny goes to Michael's apartment and kind of, actually that's a pretty good part of the movie. Kind of
0: attacks, (laughs) sort of attacks him. Gina's gun goes off. It's his gun. Oh, his gun. Yeah. They kind of get in a fight. Johnny pulls out a gun with a silencer. I mean, of course he's always ready. Even though this guy's not really in the mob, this guy's like an artist. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously he's an artist. Look at his, look at his, um, I got to figure out how to buy this painting. Um, so he yeah, the, the gun falls on the floor. Gina she, I don't, I truly don't understand this. The movie. gun goes off. No, she shoots it in the, sky. it ricochets. It ricochets yes. and kills him. It and kills at him. In that point. Now, I, I, there's, I dunk my head in a
2: vat <laughs> of freezing water. It's really bad. Uh, but the, the, the talking monkey gag also doesn't work. No, but it could have. Exactly. It, I was it's just like, so crazy. how did you
0: fuck up? No. A
2: stuffed animal gag.
0: This animal this is like one of those talking animals. Yeah. I guess like it's like some, like, very innocent sex thing they're doing. Yeah. Like I don't mean to like make it the a sex most thing. innocent. No, the most innocent. Like they're 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 yeah. like having cute sex, yeah. right? They're like they're like getting into it yeah. in a cute way, and like they have this talking monkey there, and the monkey keeps to- like a monkey stuffed animal that you squeeze and it talks, yeah. and the monkey keeps talking throughout the thing, but doesn't say anything interesting or, or funny, funny or like or or that gets them into trouble, which makes perfect sense too. I just I, I, like these are just these, these are layups. It's
2: layups that they're fucking up somehow. Uh, Michael pulling out a ziploc bag to get rid of the body is also just like
0: come on, what, what, but then he made like a good point. Then he made a good point. God, James kind is like, oh, "What are we gonna do with that?" And he's like, "I don't know for the gun." It's like, "Oh yeah, maybe for the gun." That, that it's actually, like, <laughs> solid point, Mickey. <laughs> it's like what? What's going now? What's happening here? Like what?
2: what? I, anyway. uh. Johnny's father, Vito, finds out, tells Frank he's going to kill Gina unless Frank kills Michael during the wedding speech. Now, see, this is where we're at. We're like – it's all building up to a wedding. Similar to Analyze This. Yeah. Um, Because mafia wedding, I guess.
0: It's an Italian wedding. The speeches are before drinks or whatever.
2: Dinner, dancing. Doesn't matter. Um, All this shit with Michael speaking in an Italian accent – is the worst thing that Hugh Grant's ever done in his career. And it's just, it's yeah. not just
0: unfunny. And I've seen the Englishman who went a, up a hill and came down a mountain. That movie's not that bad. Just joking. I've no. never seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> but it's just fucking painful. It is. Now I, I will agree with you. I don't agree with you that this is the worst movie we've done. I stand by story of us, but this stuff is the worst stuff we've had to sit through so far. So you think Story of Us is the worst? I mean, we have we have not done the episode yet of the movie on that you think is the, the movie worst. that I
0: think is without a doubt the worst thing we've done. And, and I would and I would argue that that's not even a movie. So it's it is not, a movie. It's not even a thing. It's like it's technically a movie. They, 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 they made it. They, they made it with it, money. They pointed was, cameras at people. I, so I, I agree with you. It's the worst movie we, we, we will do. I, I agree with you. Thing. No, I agree with you. But if it wasn't the worst movie that we were, that we did, yeah. it would be a miracle. This movie. <laughs> does anyone know what this movie is? Is anyone guessing? This movie is Simon Says. Starring Dennis Simon Rodman says, and Dane That's Gets a one. Uh, yeah, it gets more than one for me. For what? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> Oh, God. I think it gets more than a one because it's like it's so innocuous. That's a truly innocuous movie. So is this? No, this is innocuous. <laughs> <laughs> this, <laughs> Here's Simon, the difference. Though. Simon says it gets more than one because it's, it's it the the, no. the the sheer bizarreness of that movie existing is is actually kind of. Okay, it's it's kind of no, it kind of tickles me that they made a movie starring Dennis Robin as an action star. Like it tickles me, but like this, and, and there really is no good faith effort to make a good movie. There, it's like it's so, it's like it's just insane. It's ridiculous. It's not even. There's no effort to make a bad movie. I don't even know who the fuck made it. It's like oh, it's like it's like a Japanese sneaker commercial come to life. But this movie, there is isn't there is an honest effort. To me, I think they might have made this movie at the end, and I think I think they might have gone. It's like, it's like Goodfellas meets Bullets Over Broadway. It's like Woody Allen's real. Mo- I think they thought they had a fucking classic here.
2: I mean, I guess it's possible, but uh, so unable to carry the deed, Frank confesses.
0: you think this is worse than Chill Factor? No, neither do
2: I. <laughs> We will rate this at the end, but uh, so the FBI set up an elaborate operation in which Michael's execution will be faked at the wedding reception.
0: Bicentennial Man?
2: I liked Bicentennial Man more than this. I didn't. Bicentennial Man is so insane, like so fucking crazy that it gets points for me. Oh, so the Simon Says theory. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Bicentennial Man is really strange it's very bad but it, it's also very
0: strange str- on a on a script level <laughs> bicentennial man is strange in ways that really like fuck with my core like my constitution <laughs> as a person that's why i'm
2: like i kind of respect that yeah
0: all right i feel you <laughs> uh-
2: <laughs> um okay so michael's given a hidden recording device and tasked with trying to record veto to admit his criminal activity that's when you get this horrendous scene at the restaurant where he's pretending to be two different people with people within earshot that know he – it's just – it's – His boss from the auction house shows up. Like just, he just shows up everywhere. It's just mistaken identity stuff that's just terrible. Um, Michael – I don't even know what the stakes
0: are. Like what happens if the big pussy figures out that he's
2: – It doesn't Itali- – that doesn't, he's not Italian. It doesn't matter. None no, of it matters.
0: And he kisses a waitress there and it just oh, right. so Summer happens tic- that tic- –
2: tic- Summer takes a bit. Oh, that
0: was the best scene of the movie. The best moment of the movie. Which was what? Was when Gene Triplehorn's friend faked being happy for her when oh, yes, Hugh Grant yes, was yes, nice yes, to her. Yes, yes,
2: yes. yes I'm yes. like, oh. That's a good scene. You have this She's good. Thing. I was She's like, good. you
0: have this thing in I here know. too? Like you, you understand that and yeah. you can't understand anything else? Basically like Hugh Grant <laughs> is just nice to Gene Triplehorn and her friend is there. And her friend's like, ah, I'm so, no, really, I'm just so happy for you. It was great. Uh, it, was great. it was a
2: great moment. Yeah, it was yeah, funny. That made me laugh. And then she, you know. Vinny, here's the thing that did make me laugh. Um, so they go to a warehouse, the same warehouse they used in the end of analysis, I'm sure, um, to practice the squibs to practice the shooting and he shoots, uh, Frank pretends to shoot Hugh Grant and the squibs go off Mm -hmm. and he says that was surprisingly painful there's something about the way Hugh Grant delivered that line that made me laugh. No, that's fine. Um, I didn't like the setup at all. No, of I didn't like not. that. You thought he was going to get killed and yeah, it's absurd, but, but I did like when the squib goes off ex- early at the wedding, you knew it was going to happen, but it's still funny.
0: Like again, like I—that was low a, fucking bar. That man, was a but groaner like. for me. Really? I really, yeah. Especially like there's this weird guy that Hugh, Hugh Grant is like. Ugh. Hugh Grant's boss is like kind of bringing everywhere the whole time, and yeah. they want his business. And like this guy, this guy looks like Abe Vigoda. Like I, he, has, he has a big collection of fine art somewhere. I, it's that's not a hard guy to cast, <laughs> and they cast some guy who in every other role he's ever been in has definitely played a homeless guy. So they're trying to get this guy's business. And at every turn, like Hugh Grant fucks something up. Like he walks in on him, like shaking his ass for Gene Triplorn at one point. Um, The whole thing's a mess. And then um, uh, the script goes off in this guy's face. Why is this guy at the wedding? Oh, I guess because it's Hugh Grant's wedding and he invites prospective clients to his wedding. Why is he at the wedding?
2: I don't know why he's at the wedding. (laughs) I don't know why anybody's – either way. uh,
0: Did this wedding happen like a week after they proposed? I
2: did love that Mel said she wished that this ended like the red wedding.
0: Yeah, me too. Just everyone being fucking murdered. Instead of in the opposite, which it is like just, everybody was an uh, informant. Everyone's an <laughs> like, informant. Everyone's wearing fucking squibs. I, it's, it's, the worst, like, it's, it's surely the worst ending of a movie we've done. It's really bad.
1: It's
2: awful. It's bad. It's convoluted. It's not funny. You no, know, it's, it's happening. Just, it's, you just don't get it. Vito's arrested for ordering Michael's execution. The FBI couldn't be more in, incompetent through yeah. all of this. And then as Frank and Michael mourn Gina's apparent death in the back of the ambulance – uh, it is revealed that her death was faked as well and that Vinny and Gina were also involved with the
0: FBI as a backup plan. The only the, – this is the worst ending of any movie I've ever seen. Yeah. But it reminds me of The Departed's ending. <laughs> in like the – in the like – oh, there was – there was a – wait, wait. You're telling me that there was a <laughs> counter plan? There was a backup plan in motion the entire time and it's that's how we end Deus the X movie? ex machina that's ever been. It's, it's – <laughs> this might have been where de- de- departed, departed got it. To, it's uh, it's ending. It's ending yeah. from it might have been the influence because it's the same ending. It's this entire fucking movie. <laughs> you had another fucking backup plan that's just as implausible and ridiculous as the original plan. Like because your, your – whole it's so stupid. Your whole point is like the the FBI is so incompetent. They are incredibly incompetent. With yeah. plan A, plan B was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like, Worked like a fucking charm. <laughs> Why'd you bother with That's plan? my point about Jack Nicholson. It's like, all right. So you had this like massive plan A that the whole not – not Jack – like the whole movie. The whole movie is built on this massive plan A. Yeah. And it fails. But plan B. Nailed it. Nailed it. I would have liked to see the movie about plan B. Right? The, the movie about plan B, the one that actually works, is the interesting movie to me. Uh, so I can't look, wait
2: the for the our Departed about, episode. That's going to be really great. We have to bring on someone who loves
0: The Departed though. We could have done this. I'm we'll sure. bring on Wild Wild Stallion uh Tom Lorenzo. The guy from uh you're missing out, the other guy. Oh oh yeah
2: yeah. yeah. Oh sorry. Oh, he's a, oh, he, oh I didn't know that he was a big fan of uh the card. Yeah, I think he of...
0: told us that I think he told me that I'm wrong. Really? On Twitter. Yeah. All right, let's bring him on. All right, cool. I think his name is Tom Lorenzo. I think so. R- he's raging bull
2: 1980?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 88? I'm not sure. We got it. We still have to do um Pokémon. Pokémon. Yeah, did you see Pikachu? Yeah. What would you think? Yeah, could have been better. Could be. Yeah. Um I guess let's rate this. did the end of uh Pikachu? Pikachu. Uh hated a lot of Pikachu. Yeah. Could have been great. Yeah. Did you do you think it could have been great? Yes. Or did you just not feel, not like feel that world.
2: No, I I I don't know that world. And and this movie did not ingratiate me into it. It didn't do anything in it. it 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 that was I'd say maybe the most damning thing about it was as a person who doesn't know anything about that world, they didn't set up and show me and give me an entrance into it. They assumed I knew everything. And I didn't, so you're I was totally alienated, right. and it also wasn't
0: very good. It's the opposite of um, the best version of, of what you're talking about is the Lego movie. Because yeah, exactly. Because the, the Lego movie – Not l- that there's a big mythology to Lego, but I know what you're saying. There's a tone to Lego. that yeah. It didn't start with the Lego movie, right? Yeah. Lego has been making these like kind of like yeah. winking, sarcastic, mm-hmm. sh- lived-in shorts for years, this Lego universe. And um, it's not the most obvious thing to do with Lego. Yep. you know, but they made you feel very comfortable in that world immediately, and it, it wouldn't have taken that much no. for Pokemon to make you feel a little better. I, I about really, the world you're I
2: really, <clears throat> <throat> I was totally pulled into the sort of. Um, the, the ramp up to that film's release it seemed like everyone yeah, was did. really excited everyone and I was like I don't really know Pokemon, but, but I'm ready people were like, rooting ready. for it I was yeah. really rooting for yeah, it I, I was there saw it opening weekend and they just, just let me down you know what I mean they just didn't they didn't really for a person who doesn't really understand that world it was it was a bummer
0: this is what I really didn't like about the ending I'm sure we'll talk about this in the Pokemon the movie episode it doesn't play for adults or kids nope um, adults I think all saw it coming oh yeah and For my kids, for instance, they had no idea who Ryan Reynolds was, so it meant nothing to them. Well, it just –
2: that's certainly part of it. But the the, the twist or the reveal aside, I just was like it wasn't kind of meta enough. It wasn't really winky enough and it also didn't really have much of a heart or at least the heart just felt a little bit sort of been there, done that. I just –
0: I didn't even think the effects were particularly good, except for Pikachu. Well, I, just to back on the ending, I know what they were going for. Yeah. Like, I know, I, 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 th- I could imagine being in that writer's room or however it was put together where someone was like, here's how we get that emotional payoff we want. We just cast a voice everybody knows mm-hmm. and then everyone will, and I might have come up with, like, that's something kind of bullshitty thing I come up with too.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and now I know that it doesn't really work. You kind of have to be, it, it has to be, contextually satisfying and that is only meta-contextually satisfying and I could tell because my kids are like fuck is that guy (laughs) you know here's a question for you when Ryan
2: Reynolds spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen Detective Pikachu when he shows up at the end of the movie I officially said oh I can't take him seriously ever again Um, Deadwood has Deadwood Deadpool has killed him Hmm. He, he is there is I can't look at him in a serious way because of his meta Deadpool bullshit. It has it is now listen, I don't maybe I can someday again. I don't know. When have you but, taken him seriously? Um I've never been able to take him seriously. Maybe take him seriously is the wrong way of putting it. Um bought him. Like I I, I thought the proposal was a funny movie. I was gonna say I, I could see I, I, I could, could buy him in a proposal-esque movie again. Maybe. I would even say I didn't really hate Green Lantern. I know a lot of people did, but like he used to be an actor that kind of could do both. And now when he showed up and was being sincere, I was like, you can't be sincere anymore. I don't think he ever to me. was that guy. I just like – i know He was more than he is now. Now I couldn't – now I feel like he's just going to like look down the fucking barrel
0: of the lens and like – Yeah, wink and, wink and do some shit. Joke. But <clears throat> I think to me for whatever reason, he was always the guy from Two Guys A Girl in a Pizza Place. He was always Van Wilder. Um, he, Two things I didn't really know. Yeah, but he just – he was always to me like a like a, a handsome comedic actor. Yeah. And it's very hard for those guys. Even like a Sudeikis, right? Sudeikis has had a hard time becoming the guy I think he wants to be, mm-hmm. you know, um, like that handsome comedic actor. But it happens every once in a while. Ryan Reynolds clearly wants to get nominated for Oscars. He was in that movie Buried, which was like 127. But this is my point. I bought him before Deadpool. I bought him movie? in that set. Yeah. It oh, was, was a super
2: depressing movie. Was it good? It's really intense and – has a really sad ending.
0: I don't think Ryan Reynolds ever, ever, ever really fronts a good drama or, I'm or not, a serious I, movie ever again. I'm not, um, but, I'm not just, dis- yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. totally with yeah. you. Yes.
2: Um, All right. Zero to 99. Uh,
0: 18. <laughs> okay. So pre podcast, post podcast? Never seen it before. Oh, 18 after the podcast. I, I wrote down 18 and after the podcast. Um, <laughs> Definitely didn't go up. Didn't really go down. I mean, like I'm going to give it a 15, which is exactly what I gave Story of Us. I think it's. I think those are. I, I hate them both very much. Uh,
2: pre-podcast, I said 20. Okay, uh, I'm at a 17
0: now. Okay,
2: so we're in the same. We're in the same We're in that ballpark. Yeah, it's it's yeah. really a terrible movie. It's not a good movie,
0: and it's it's hard to believe we've done some real stinkers. But like we found, yeah. we we found redeeming. We've, we yeah, found this, something this was, redeeming in hard. almost everything we've done. Yeah, um, even
2: Detroit Rock City. I liked more than this and I don't like Detroit. I fucking hate
0: that movie, but I, I, I I fucking hate that movie, but, but, but I do think that there's a, there's, it's, it's totally on point. There's an energy to it. There's danger to it. It's a much better movie than this piece of garbage. Yeah.
2: So next week we're doing the haunting.
0: We have a guest.
2: We do have a guest. Yeah. Thank God. I know. I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, Jarrett Weisselman's coming on for the haunting. You may
0: remember him from the drop dead gorgeous episode. One of our best. One of the best.
2: Uh, and yeah, the haunting sucks. Yeah, and the so, spoiler. It's so come back.
0: No, but it's a great episode. You know, it killed it in the Razzies. It was like super. It did really well. Yeah, well, super a, nominated I mean,
2: that cast. You can't. You, can't yeah. you really can't do better than uh, Liam Neeson, Lily Taylor, Catherine, Catherine Jones, Jones, and Owen Wilson. And Owen Wilson. Uh, and Bruce Dern. And Bruce Dern. Bookended by Todd Bruce field. Dern. Todd Field in it? Yeah, he's like that's one not of the, Todd Field.
0: He's one of the research assistants. He it is. Is he? Yeah, it is. We didn't bring it up when uh, we- when should We should have talked about that. Todd Field- No, nah, what would we say? He, he did it in the bedroom and he was in Eyes Wide Shut. Little Children's fucking great. And he did Little Children. Anyway, uh, the, haunting. <laughs> uh, the Haunting. The sucks, Haunting sucks, The Haunting sucks, but the, the podcast is, is great, great. Because Jared's uh,
2: amazing. Jared's great. And we do find some stuff that's good about The Haunting. <sighs> I also think it becomes a haunting V uh House on Haunted Hill is it basically does. what it becomes.
0: Yeah, Battle of the Opposite of Titans. Um yeah. but uh yeah. come back. Come back. Yeah, That's we're doing two duds in a row, Mickey and uh, in the haunting. <laughs> yeah, but Jared's great. It's too a high, great episode. Yeah, uh, two high budgeted duds. Um they weren't they they weren't all hits in uh, in ninety nine. The Haunting was way more
2: expensive than House on Haunted Hill though.
0: Um, yes but, or, but I was talking about Mickey Blue and, oh, yeah, no, and just Mickey a couple Blue. of duds. Mickey it's, Blue Eyes is just just a terrible movie I hope you enjoyed the episode though yeah it's fun yeah uh, thanks podcast like it's it just